So how, on God's gray earth, did this... Kick it! And this... Now sleep too! Listening to Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album in an artist's discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. Maybe their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This week uh, is our second week of All Instrumental April, and this week on the panel we have Matthew Marr. Logan Renard. And my name is Scott Livingston, and we do have a special guest, Darren Capulong, the uh, bass player from, as you may uh, recall, the Vampire Squids from Hell, the surf rock combo from Denver that's um, out and about. And uh, say hi to the folks. Hi. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, in continuing with our all-instrumental theme, we are going to be discussing the Beastie Boys 1996, I believe, uh, album, The In Sound From Way Out. So um, I guess we can start with uh, who are the Beastie Boys and what do they usually sound like? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, they're um, a three-piece that started out as kind of a hardcore punk outfit and thanks to uh probably thanks mostly to rick rubin they became known as kind of this uh uh, frat boy uh rap band for a little while and then kind of tried to dig themselves out of that with some more instrumental still hip-hop based uh sort of stuff but a lot more uh funk and soul and uh uh I guess uh, psychedelic rock, music, yeah, yeah, rock and roll yeah. influenced, and I think their their record "License to Ill" was kind of the big breakout one for them, and I think they've spent the rest of their career really trying to live it down. That was a huge album. Yeah, yeah. So they are they're mostly known, whether or not that is all they are, mostly known as a rap or hip hop group, 
which is interesting since last week we were discussing Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, who were getting a lot of flack for pretending to play instruments when they didn't. Um, this is a band that, you know, almost had to pretend not to play instruments even though they did. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, you don't see a lot of hip-hop artists posing uh-huh. or, or being pictured or seen at all with any sort of instrument, even though... Yeah. Right. So to me, the BC Boys have like an interesting arc because, uh, like Logan said, they started as a hardcore band. It's like a band band. Uh, went into hip-hop and then... Uh, eventually started, you know, playing their own instruments, you know, back again. And that's kind of what we're listening to today is like a collection of... Uh, well, that was their choice, too. They, they were they into hip-hop. Yeah, 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 yeah for they, sure. They were, yeah, is this Rick a good Rubin blend of it? take a gun and put it to their no. heads. No, <laughs> And it was successful for them, yeah. so they did right. not uh, complain a whole lot, but they uh, wanted to show more sides to their personality. But you're right about the, the frat boy thing. Uh, this album hit big. Uh, when I was in college and uh, up and down the hallways, it was either this or Purple Rain by Prince. Nice. And those are uh, the two things. You could that do I, worse. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah you, could do, you could do a lot worse, actually, than either one. But, um, right. but to me, it's like the association with, with all of those frat boys and that music made me not want to listen to it on that tour they they hammed it up big time with that too they had like go-go dancers in cages that they were spraying beer on and shit you know it was pretty you know supposed to be broy yeah they, they had like an inflatable dick on stage yeah. at some point too like a you know, like a huge one is that before the stones <laughs> yes I yeah i think so the stones tour is like totally beat them to it well uh the, one of the things that I'd like to mention is that they are uh, pretty directly uh, um, inspired by um, uh, one of my favorite bands of all time from my hometown, and that's the Bad Brains, who were uh, who the young Beastie Boys saw play a bunch when they were living in New York um, in the '80s, and uh, it blew their minds. And they were like, "We're going to do this hardcore thing." And so the first couple of years that they existed playing music together, they were uh, a hardcore band. They named themselves the the Beastie Boys as kind of a, a joke. It was also with the same alliteration as the Bad Brains. So, um, I think which is it on Paul's boutique that has the uh, trying to think of which Bad Brains. There's a, there's a Bad Brains sample somewhere, and it might even be on uh, on License to Ill. Um, I would have to look at the. There's the about sample a million guide. samples yeah. on the yeah. boutique. There's so. a lot. Of, it's mostly like classic rock. I think. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, the there's, uh, it'll, it'll come back to me in a minute, but, uh, um, they are kind of, uh, you know, not to the degree of someone like Prince, probably more in line with like ZZ top or something where they're, they're kind of like musicologists and they kind of know their shit. And uh, on their on their better albums, they blend a lot of stuff together. Oh yeah, that seemingly incongruous, and they do it in a really musical and neat way. So, so speaking of albums, this album is kind of interesting. It's not actually an album they put together necessarily. It was a compilation from the French fan club that took a, essentially all the instrumentals from the last two records and put them together with a couple of B sides and a couple of tracks that they just swiped the uh, vocals off of to sort of, it wasn't, you know, I'm not sure whose idea it was to sort of put together the specialized playlist, essentially. I mean, it'd be like if the Beatles 
put out an album where all the songs were the ones sung by Ringo. It's not really <laughs> yeah. representative of them, but it is a portion of them, and they decided to highlight it. I guess maybe in part to uh, overcome this image they got from you know "Fight for Your Right to Party" and all those bigger anthems from the early years. But it is interesting that the uh, the songs come from what. Uh, Check your head and, and uh, ill communication, but they all sound yeah. very similar. It's hard well, the, to tell where one starts and one ends. So yeah, I think it was the same uh, production teams that worked on both of those. So yeah, the, I was wondering if they this, came from the same sessions or something. Yeah, they, it's between I mean, Mario C and uh, Money Mark. Yeah, you know, those are the two other they, key players. They have some ringers that they. Yeah. I mean, I, are those guys still part of the? You know, the remaining two Beastie Boys crew, it's like they're on everything. They're all over the place. So I don't, I don't know if you got, I don't know if you guys have read the uh, Beastie Boys book that just came oh, out a few months ago. I, I've it's seen really, some of the interviews. It's excellent. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, talk too much about it during this, but uh, uh, Money Mark and Mario C um, are just constants throughout Beastie Boys, like post 1990. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so they're really part of the band. So yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Check, check Your Head is the first one that they're. Or are they involved in Paul's Boutique? And the name of this album again uh, is? The In Sound from Way Out, which is actually a ripoff of some other instrumental jazz funk album that they really liked. I mean, the the title is the same in the... Uh, no, the title's different. Because this is The Inside from the Way Out. The In Sound from the Way Out. The In Sound from Way Out. Yeah. This was the, the other album was The Out Sound from the way in or something. Okay. It well, was, it was very, it was just flipped. Strikingly right. the similar. The in and the out was flipped. Yeah. But it was from the sixties and that was, uh, or late sixties, early seventies or something yeah. like this. And, and, uh, yeah, that, that it clearly must've been an inspiration. Yes. Well, I mean the, the whole sound of the record is very seventies. I mean, honestly, it's more of an homage to seventies cop, music than the it's, sabotage music. Well, I, video. I, listened, I listened to the other, the other album, Perry and Kingsley, by the way, yeah. um, and uh, um, it, it's it's not dissimilar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely they definitely were into whatever was whatever they grabbed from that. They wanted to replicate it. It's yeah. very stacks stacksy and Philly soundy more than anything, um, and especially the big the big swirly B three or Hammond organ on there is like and very very yeah, very and Booker that, yep. T. Yep. Um, In fact, I think the grooves are Money pretty Mark constant, pretty has tight. a yeah. co-writing credit on all thirteen of these tracks as yep. we go through them. I yeah, mean, a couple have Bobo, the percussion player, also getting a credit, but Mario—it's just they're essentially a four-piece at this point. Yeah, Mario and, and Money Mark are like pretty much members of the band from yeah from uh, Check Your Head. Yeah, out. I think they're they have something to do with just about all recorded output. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think those two are just like, I think the role that they played was just taking all the, uh, all the crate digging that the three BC boys were doing and, um, just culminating, you know, their taste and turning it into something viable. Yeah. I yeah. like that phrase crate digging. Yeah. It seems appropriate. There probably yeah. literally were crates at a certain <laughs> point in their career. Yeah. And we should mention that it's not odd to have an instrumental no uh, record for anything even vaguely hip hoppy because most, uh, you know, even today, hip if it's a hip hop single or an album, it'll come out and they'll usually have a companion, again either twelve inch single or or twelve inch album with just the instrumental tracks 
for DJs to basically either have people, MCs rap over it or uh, chop it up and sample it or just make a really, really long extended dance mix kind of thing if you're going to play it at a, a club with the canonical you know, version somewhere right. in the middle of it. So, I mean, this is even at, especially at this time, I mean, right. we're kind of peak, like people would put out their, you know, put out their hip hop record and here's the instrumental, you know, album. And if you were a, a DJ or, you know, doing the, oh. the turntable thing, or you're just playing, you know, DJ at parties and stuff, you would, you would have a couple copies of, of both. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the breakbeat DJs, um, would also use the acapella side and yeah. loop it, sample it. It's a good way to go. Well, and these yeah. were all, except for, I think actually every single one was released at some point before this album. So, I mean, they usually served as like sort of, I don't know, like interludes and things yeah, yeah. in yeah. the album. So putting them all together, you know. Well, we should also talk about the, the, the state of sampled music around this time. And it's like Dr. Dre is just getting done making a, a, a you know, uh, a, a gold bed to sleep on top of his <laughs> pile of money off of <laughs> Bernie Worrell and George Clinton. This came out in 96. Not paying them in 96. Yeah. Okay, 96. Yeah, yeah right. but so, it, it comes from the two albums that came out did, like did, 92 or 94. Did he, did he not pay them, Dr. Uh, Dre? Yeah, no, he didn't. He didn't pay them. He just used that shit. He had he to at it. some point. Yeah. He had to at some point, but after, but no, it, it, you <laughs> know, some, he also uh, got he also yeah. got in the habit of uh, after he started his own studio, he had session people right. re-record. Well, and that was after the, the initial batch of stuff, and that's yeah. right right around this time. So you time, don't have to pay the rec- the mechanical. You can no. you can have a, a a gang of badass studio people, and you're yeah. like, I need something that sounds like funky drummer, but it's like one note different. <laughs> but technically oh, hey, not. I know, or, I know this is a totally different story, but uh, I have a, a close friend of mine. He he just uh, he loves rap. This is what he does. He just loves rap music, and uh, we were just hanging out, and I was playing some Parliament Funkadelic, and he's listening to it, and he's like, "That's Dr. Dre." <laughs> and he had no clue at all. all. All of those songs, all of those those loops that, that Dre put on that album, um, you know, he had no idea it came from Parliament and uh, that, Funkadelic. That, the Gil yeah. Scott Heron record I just gave you has a sample that's in an MF Doom song. That's pretty so, cool. And I like, uh, do, didn't do, know where that was from either. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> do, Doom won't even change the tempo on anything. He yeah, samples. No. He'll just keep it. I mean, you know, those, those Dr. Dre songs, <laughs> some original. of them are the same song. Yeah. It's yeah. well, and it's it's Bernie Worrell is yeah. is gets the most uh, uh, should get the most credit for those sounding like they sound. I mean, he unwittingly kind of created the sound of West Coast rap for a couple of years. You know, hip, yeah, yeah, and and the uh, make my the beat, make my funk the p funk <laughs> the beat for uh, between the sheets. The, yeah, uh, who was that? The Isley Brothers. Yeah. Boys, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, sampling was sort of new technology yeah. cutting edge at the time so the fact that but, and it was also still something of an ethical quandary at the time too whether this was a legitimate form of art or whether this was theft it's or still yeah it's not been settled it's but it's still this was, difficult and convoluted to get official it's become, people uh, have sort of permission accepted it i don't know if anyone i mean there are still people who are railing against it but i think most people have accepted it even if they don't like it but at the time people were seriously thinking of like ways to like punish or ban or destroy oh, were, and I'm, i believe the beastie boys got sued over some stuff 
Yeah. Um, and I think it's from Paul's boutique. And so yeah. well, there was, I'm wondering if they just, they were, they're doing what Dre was doing, which was, okay, we can do we, this ourselves. We, we, we'll we want, it. we want this meters sample or this Booker T sample, but we're not, we don't want to pay for it. We don't want to have to do this out in a court if we just go ahead and use it. And so we're going to make shit that sounds and close were, enough. Right. And um, they were good enough to do it. I mean, that's, yeah. The, yeah. the thing is, you know, whatever you may think of them as rappers, if you think of them as rappers at all, they are very good musicians. I mean, I was suitably impressed having not really, you know, about all I knew before I listened to this record was fight for your right to party. So this was um, certainly well, a surprise for me. Yeah, you knew more than, well, no, not more than me. I knew slightly more than you. I, I knew Sabotage too. But well, that's uh, true. I, I remember the video far more than the song of Sabotage, but I did see it. So. Sure. Whatever it's called. Yeah, I think it was Sabotage. Well, shall we, speaking of grooves, get into the first groove, which is uh, Groove Holmes, which was from the album Check Your Head, but with the intro snipped off for whatever reason. I think that sounds like the um, like the bumper music from a TV station, maybe like Adult Swim or something. I I think Check Your Head was one of the first CDs I ever bought. But it's in it's in the first two or three, if not the first. Who's playing the organ? That's a uh, Money Mark. Money Mark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Money and Mark. He, he gets a lot of credit, both songwriting and just as a organist and keyboardist on this album so it's definitely loungy and funky yeah. yes it sounds super staxy yeah. yeah apparently richard groove holmes was a jazz organist so calling the song groove holmes was something of a tribute to the organ sound that he popularized so the beastie boys were from new york right were they from long island where were they uh, brooklyn brooklyn yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so born and uh, raised all right yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, uh yeah, um, MCA plays a uh, bunch of upright on this album, too, but this one's probably on his jazz bass. He always played a jazz bass, mostly with a pick. I'm not sure if he was using flats or not, but pretty sure he played a jazz bass with a pick because Daryl Jennifer did. So We're going to have uh, some bass nerdery going on yeah. today, so don't worry. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's pretty yeah. much that. Those are the two flavors on here, kind of the funky. Yeah, he, he, uh, he doesn't break the fuzz out in this like he does in the... Uh... Other recordings. I believe that's a, yeah. a Vox yeah. super fuzz on <laughs> bass with maybe were, some chorus or flange, like the gratitude. Yeah. So uh, I think. Or sabotage the same. Uh, they are a lot more laid back without um, without the rapping. Like, well, yeah, they don't need like to. Yeah. Yeah. Be as exciting. And I think that's kind of what these instrumentals were initially meant to be is sort of a. They're interstitial. Yes. A, a uh, sort of break. A yeah. commercial yeah. break Go, between. How was this received? Well, I, I think, you know, it came out as, you know, a gift to the French fan club for whatever reason. It was such a big hit that it sort of, you know, forced their hand to make more copies of it. So I'm not really sure how the Beastie Boys themselves felt about it. I mean, I'm sure they were proud that people were excited about their non-rap stuff, but, you know, 
it wasn't a deliberate or intentional thing on their part. So I think one of my ex-girlfriends is where I heard this uh, before, and she had a, a, a you know a CD case of like all extant Beastie Boys recordings, including a bunch of bootlegs and stuff. And this was in there, and so I just like finally put it together. Where the hell I'd heard this because I've definitely heard this whole thing before somewhere, and it's not a you know it doesn't show up as one of their albums or even an EP or no, a single kind of thing. It's a bit of an odd It's like a fan thing. favorite. Yeah, you really yeah. got to be into them to, to know about it. Yeah. And if you like those two albums with a bunch of the instrumental stuff on it, the Check Your Head and Ill Communication, you, you know, recognize the, the stuff that's, you know, Is that what ended there. the relationship? Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't have those anymore. She took them back. That's a different podcast. I don't, I don't know where they're, where those went to. Because I, I looked to see if I had any, any of this stuff. Uh, that's cool. Well, shall we go on to the next track? Yeah. Um, what is the next track? Make sure it's not too loud. It's Sabrosa. How these were recorded was it mostly live i assume it certainly feels fairly live they maybe were probably in the studio with some isolation yeah. and stuff but yeah. yeah i think they're i think they're jams yeah, yeah i was gonna say i don't they don't feel composed beforehand at all so well and they're not um yeah, I did the same giant steps they yeah. sound really clean <laughs> yeah so yeah. during during the 90s uh they actually had a big warehouse like art space studio space nice um this is kind of during their their California years uh, before they ended up going back to New York. But this is where kind of a bulk of uh, these recordings were probably made. So G-Sun Studios, I think that was the hangout spot that they called. Killer wah-wah guitar yeah. and, and killer upright bass sound. The, the upright bass reminds me of uh, um, G-Love uh, and Special Sauce. Like around, <laughs> right about the same time, their bass player was doing a similar kind of like, it's like, funky R&B upright bass. It's never really approaching like jazz upright. It's like right. sleazy blues upright stuff. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and he, he kills it on that. Uh, so Another question. Yeah. Is there any guitar on here that isn't played through a wah? Uh, I, uh, probably, I listened probably, and yeah, I couldn't find not. any. Probably, maybe not. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, it, it, yeah. If nothing else, it's notched, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's certainly... <laughs> I mean, it, it, they have a, that's the other surprising thing is, you know, they have 13 songs from various recording projects and the sound is pretty consistent throughout all of them. That's why I kind of thought it was all like done in one session and they just sort of chopped out bits and put them in the next two albums or whatever. When it comes to the instrumental stuff, I mean, I, I read part of the book that just came out, but I haven't, but I've always been a fan and kind of followed what they're up to. With this particular variety of instrumental stuff, I don't think they've changed like what they do or how they. It's like they have no. the same instruments that they had in the '80s, right? Now, you know, uh, and I think they 
for a, for a good long period recorded this sort of stuff with the same guys, the same gear, and the same techniques. So if it sounds really consistent, it's because they found a template to use yeah. and just kept using it. Well, I remember if it ain't the, broke. You're not wrong with that. In the late '80s, um, you know, MTV was still on and about. Yeah, and uh, I just. Um, I was home for some reason for the holidays and um, uh, they, they were, they were interviewing the beastie boys and they were all proud because they were playing actual instruments on stage. And I was, uh, I, you know, and, and it did take me aback. Uh, took, it took me aback a bit because I, uh, I had assumed being a rap group that everything was um, sampled pre-programmed yeah, drum this, machine this sort is, of thing. I, I take, and, uh, I take like, issue with, well, with a this. lot of people were <laughs> well, no, less this, familiar this is, with. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying this is what, what I believed. And, Back and, you in know, the late and 80s. Then when yeah. I, and when yeah. I saw them, you know, I was unsure what was going on. Like, are they trying to play instruments? You know that they you know never done this before, right? Right? Exactly. What it's like was the going monkeys. On. They <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, of of course, you know, it was just a little. Uh, no, they they played you know. together since they were little kids. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. A decade uh, or more, you know, musical experience before any of us ever heard of them. So, oh, right, right. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. This is this was that was my uh, my my ignorance, but it was also uh, I believe. Um, also, I just how it, they were being sold. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when. Lil Wayne did that album Rebirth where he actually played guitar on it. The people rebelled. People do not want their rappers playing I d- I instruments. Disagree. Oh, there, I disagree little, strongly. There's okay. a, there was a little bit of one, one instance I could think of where uh, hip hop heads in particular got kind of nuts. Was, uh, there's like a weird jazz rap thing that was happening in the early 2000s that was kind of Nah, you know they yeah. didn't, well, didn't yeah. get a lot. Of, but then, it, then again, you have like <laughs> but then that. But now, you know, I mean, you, I, I well, saw see, I, I mean, like that's like, I, Hawk, I mean, I understand you know. that there's a uh, th- that there's musicianship involved. I'm yeah, just saying, right. you know, that the popular the popular conception, at least, you know, at least um, as it was revealed to me, I think the pop was the, always was always pre-programmed, manufactured. Yeah, well, yeah. If you the, didn't grow well, up with it, then yeah, and, and, how and would you know? Right? How would right. you know? And then, the popular and then, conception um, about hip hop and and music and stuff is generally pretty racist and wrong. Yeah. Well, there's that, there's that part <laughs> yeah. too, right? I mean, there's but definitely that part un, too. Uneducated. There's yes, a, yes, uh, is oh, the, absolutely. Is the way, there's a camp. There's a camp on the other side that does not want live instruments. That's that's with, fine. <laughs> to, I mean, there's the, kind of, uh, but yeah, yeah. And I don't, yeah, right. And that's the, and that to camp, each their own. And that camp uh, isn't rap haters. Those are no. rap lovers. They yeah. just they just think they have a certain type of right, purity right. they are going. They want to they want to keep pushing. Yeah, um, but then you sample could, culture. You could totally make the argument that the original samples were. I mean, because like any kind, even the worst digital sampler wasn't around until. I mean, like way later, early, you know, yeah, like early nineties. And yeah. so the original sampling is off of records. And to, if you've ever tried to like match a match beats on a pair of turntables or incor- incorporate tough. any, say it's there's a really, challenge. really tough. Mm-hmm. And people who can do it really, really well have uh, technique and chops akin to a really badass drummer. Well, when you see it done, it's impressive. There's no doubt about it. But like, when you see it done, you don't understand what the hell is happening since it's well, yeah. a, such a weird process. But well, particularly the first time you see it happening, which you know, for a lot of people, was when the Beastie Boys came out the first time they saw any of this. 
they had no idea what it looked like or how it was made or what the aesthetics yeah, were behind it. Yeah, I guess it. like MTV people, but yeah, it's been white around for a suburban while. kids. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't know. Laswell's kids who are used shit to on Herbie Hancock records, like before. Yeah, but that, that was a, you know, like that guys was... who are listening to like say Poison and uh, Vince Neil and. Uh, yeah. Motley Crue had no idea how this was made well, or so that, why it was made. Or that, that was a different time too. Yeah, know, the eighties yeah. were um, uh, eclectic. There was eclectic, <laughs> and, and this this kind of thing was e- exploding, and and the uh, the sort of plasticness of everything was front and center. Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, you know, like like Poison or Motley Crue and that sort of stuff. It was so, it was so, um, uh, you know, it was so. Um, Constructed, yeah. In in a, in a it was manufactured in a way it's that more was, more monkeys than the monkeys. It's exactly. like we, we got these guys that look like this. Authenticity wasn't even a goal and anymore. So, so this this is this is a this is an era when raps rap is like like uh, taken off, and and it's also it's also uh, these white rappers were were uh, were kind of. Um, um, uh, novelty. I'm, I'm not talking about the Beastie Boys, but I'm saying in in general, right? The white rappers were a novelty, and they were also kind of shitty. I mean, you got like, you know, vanilla ice, right? Yeah. Taking yeah. off, right? Yeah. right? That that kind of stuff, right? And it is like, you know, vanilla ice ripping off Queen and stuff. It's, yeah, it's back like, to the like, sampling thing. Right? Right? It's like, where is where is the music in this, right? right? Well, these, you know? And then, you know, you look back on it, it's like, hey, the dude actually, it's okay. he, he, he was all right. Yeah. Right? You know, well, there, these you three, know? BC Boys were actually coached by Run, Run DMC for that first album. So, yeah, yeah, you know, they really had their... And it helps to have Rick Rubin who put their sort of stamp on it of approval. Otherwise, they could have been seen as a bunch of vanilla right. ices. So I, uh, That's another thing that I think is is commonly kind of misunderstood about, like, hip-hop, or, you know, the origins of hip-hop is that, like, there, there, there weren't any white guys involved, and the first white guys to get involved were, like... Exploitative about it, and that's wrong. Because again, you have like Laswell doing like material, and and like really kind of creating the template for a lot of like early sampled music and and things like that. And there was there's a lot of there's a a lot of cross pollination with a lot of different kinds of music, and the original kind of hip hop folks were super duper music nerds and all kinds of music. Well, you had Whatever to be they to make it their... happen back yeah. when there was no technology for it. You had to do it all manually. The, you had the, to know a 300 different records and exactly the, how fast they the were. The crate digging thing is like a really important... Because, I mean, you didn't want to you don't want to sample some shit that people had heard of before. You want to like sample under some pressure something by fresh. Queen. That was yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah. that, like, nobody... And so you weren't going to go get it out of, you know, keep going back to the same well because people would be onto you and that'd be lame. And so... I don't know. I think there's a whole, uh, just uh, the you know hip hop from the the you know earliest uh, kind of development. It it had it, a high degree of musicality to it, and I think it just still to this day catches a bunch of shit for. Well, a lot of people being the, hacky or the, the well, train took off. Musical yeah. musicality has drained off, like a lot of pop music. It's it's well, more yeah. it's more production and less. Unless that, much well, like I think country music. But yeah, I, I'm not saying there's not good stuff out there. I'm talking but, about the popular stuff. But right? in early, but in the early days, like this was, you couldn't get more underground than. I mean, there's yeah, still, yeah. you know, like I grew up in D.C. and outside of D.C., nobody knows what the fuck go-go music is. And similarly, like in parts of you know New York in the late '70s, early '80s, 
you only ever encountered that shit if you lived in a particular borough or part of the city, like, and outside, you know, outside of it, there was just no way for you to encounter that. And you wouldn't, it's like incredibly regionally or, or, uh, you know, uh, culturally specific. And yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was a couple, you know, there was a while before it took over pop music. Right. And then what they've kind of, what they've kind of shown is that like hip hop is a bigger, is a more effective cultural export than arguably rock music because you could take it and adapt it to whatever, you know, your neighborhood's experiences. Yeah. It's more yeah. self-expressive. I mean, yeah. the, the parallels between like punk rock or hardcore or things like that are pretty strong. And that's, I mean, the the Beastie Boys, you know, I think really tried to kind of mush those two things together a lot. But it, yeah, it pr proved to be endlessly flexible for as a means of uh, self-expression. Yeah, and you know their attitude about about it throughout the whole band's career kind of held because they certainly weren't going to wait for anyone's permission to make anything. They didn't really take any take any you know executive notes after they left yeah. Jet, Def Jam because, uh, yeah, there was some drama between them and Russell well, Simmons. And that's, go back that's, to that, again. that happens to almost any artist with right. any integrity that ends up on an actual record label, if it's a large one or a small one. I mean, eventually they're going to want to do something that the record company is going to be worried won't sell. And, you know, they're, that's true in just about any genre with just about any number of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, like, during this era, they had a bunch of people sitting around wondering, like, yeah, where'd well, the party guys go? <laughs> well, yeah, Paul's yeah. Boutique this. was infamously <laughs> yeah. a huge flop with it, yeah. much like, you know, Pet Sounds or I, Pinkerton. It I, I took think... a while to find its... It's uh, sort of cultural cachet yeah. and has become important in I retrospect, think, yeah. but at the time was a certified <laughs> disaster. I think that they were, they were kind of aware that they were like the, the Elvis of, of this type of music with, right. with ill communication or not um, with uh, uh, license to ill. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, and kind of playing those characters and doing that thing. I think they kind of were like, Oh yeah, we're kind of, <laughs> well, you know, they're already and, in it. So just, you know, make yeah. it your own. And I think they took their, took their money and their fame and their clout from that and, and ran with it and, yeah. and tried to make music that they, you know, got off on. Oh, instead of taking Colonel Tom Parker's idea and just doing a bunch of movies. Yeah. <laughs> that would you imagine? <laughs> I could see the Beastie Boys cartoon show. I mean, honestly, MC Hammer had a cartoon show on Saturday mornings. The Beastie Boys could have had one. That would have been yeah, awesome. That would have been I, I would have watched it. Hey, man, not MC Hammer. I can't do that. Fuck it. Well, shall we move on to the next track? Uh, this is um, Namaste. Namaste. Uh, song's actually um from the album check your head but with the vocals removed Did somebody order a pizza <laughs> exactly what were the vocals like on that song um they were a little more sung or more spoken than rapped so it's not like a, a complete disconnect it's so like you give me hard on kind of yeah. yes 
which does bring me, you know, the one album this this album did sort of remind me of is uh, an album by the Beach Boys called Stacks O' Tracks. Oh. Which they didn't actually authorize, but the record company wanted more product. So what they did is they took a bunch of Beach Boys hits, took the vocals off, put it out as an album with the lyrics written on the back so you could sing along at home. Karaoke, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was like 68, you know, long before karaoke was a thing. That's where the Japanese got the idea. Exactly. So that sort of concept of a, a... a compilation against your will of a theme that you didn't really intend on with songs with the vocals removed. Do you remember in the back of the music magazines, there was like some box you could buy that would remove the vocals from records so that you could sing along? Well, it never worked very well, but yes, I remember that. That was called a a minus one machine. The minus one? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. It's like one of the first karaoke machines. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of people doing karaoke versions of Beastie Boys tracks. So, Technically, so you, not this one. So you think the French? Maybe uh, you can do like, it, but uh, <laughs> doing the, the words to this. We oui, maybe they rewrote yeah. them all in French. <laughs> uh, I've seen it. I've seen it before. Watching people do like bad Beastie Boys. Uh, <laughs> Got the Jerry Lewis voice voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Check it out. This, this one, along well, this with this, is getting bad. I'm gonna stop. Plenty of other tunes on here remind me of the. Uh, was it, I'm going to get you, sucker, where they all have, they have theme, you know, it's, it's a Shaft parody movie. And yeah, when, right, right. when Shaft is walking down the street or the, the Shaft analog is uh, walking down the street looking like a badass, you know, there's this sort of sleazy, funky music playing and the camera pans back to show a literal band of four or five people with instruments playing that song. Just a few steps behind you know, him. And this, this is, shut uh, your mouth. yeah, you could, you could drop this right into any oh yeah this is very yeah kind of black exploitation Curtis Mayfield yeah. is another treasure trove of samples oh yeah, right oh, yeah. I, he's sampled on uh gotta be on Paul's Boutique there's gotta be a Curtis probably yeah it's gotten oh, super right. bad. yeah super yeah. bad was back there well that makes yeah, sense for yes. uh, Eggman yeah 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 so yeah these guys know their their oh, cool yeah. music I, I like that uh you know, like we were talking about before with like the kind of uh, um, uh, development of, of earlier hip hop as it, you know, gets kind of out into the mainstream that, you know, people were very into the, you know, whatever the latest, greatest stuff is, we're getting into, you know, uh, digitally sampled and, you know, more easily sampled stuff right around this, you know, albeit primitive and, you know, uh, but... It, it's sort of becoming pop music and stuff, and these guys are kind of like, nah, fuck that. We're going back to like the most rootsy shit we can find, and I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's almost the same way that you know, the you know, the Sex Pistols or something were like, uh, you know, considered really revolutionary and and uh, uh, intense and aggressive for the time, but it's it's like slightly faster Chuck Berry stuff. I it's wonder- very traditional in the way that they. Yeah. I wonder you know. how much of this is is a happenstance or, or historical in that that uh, you know you're you're looking through the bins right and um, it's just what's there because people stopped buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, this is what gets it. donated so, to the right, thrift store. Right, right. Yeah, this ain't so cool anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and it's also indicative of their age when they were you know impressionable ten to twelve year olds. What was hot on TV? What was you know? It was probably Shaft oh. and. 
you know, the, the whole, welcome back Cotter and the uh, um, Barney Miller. Barney Miller, yes. The whole sabotage video is like yeah, you can tell exactly how that. old they are. Yeah. Sideburns, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. mustaches, and uh, yeah, 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 polyester. So I mean, musically they are definitely <laughs> brown sunglasses. Yeah, brown. <laughs> a lot, a lot of brown, yeah. brown. Yeah, it was it was all olive green and harvest gold back in the seventies. That's my recollection. People think uh, of it much it. fondler. And, and, and nicotine slime. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. Po polyester and no nicotine goo. Yeah, no one could figure out what that stuff on the walls was. Mm. <laughs> yes. Well, shall we move on to POW? Speaking of cop shows. the click track for that slowdown or did they just Fuck feel it no, no i think <laughs> no it was all natural way. yeah because yeah, it a... was impressive that's yeah i don't yeah. know musically it's the i think that's the most impressive thing on this album is the way they oh, exactly. they pull the brakes on that They're... and stay together as well as one can they might yeah. be they might be tracking this stuff to a click because they they did you know i'm I, i'm sure the thought was that they were going to use it and in fact, they did use some of these as, as backing tracks and, you know, they probably wanted to, to sample and stuff. Yeah. And so they probably did have a pretty good, you know, like that's one of the things that we were talking about before. If, if you're going to scratch or sample or, or match beats on, on different records, they need to be somewhere in the ballpark tempo yeah, yeah, wise. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure they were pretty on top of that to nail that, the retardando thing at the end of that, like, um, you can track to a click and have somebody turn the click off or down and then follow each other for a little while. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the, the tempos on this stuff are very deliberate. It is, yeah. it is an impressive feat of, of musicology, the fact that it still sounds good while they're... And, and hell, hell yes, jazz bass with a funky jazz bass with a pick is, is cool. I'm very yeah. cool. Plus, they all got to yell pow together, which is fun. <laughs> I miss that. I miss my... <laughs> Your did, pow Did we moment. say it already? What? What's that? Pow. Pow. Yeah. Oh, you well, missed the pow. The other thing, too, is that, that um, you know, being a hardcore punk band, uh, originally, right? Yeah. Reportedly, that um, uh, you would hear... Well, I'm not saying they weren't. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. There's, there's, there are there's recordings. Re there's recorded... Yeah. yeah. I, there. I've seen them on public access. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> On YouTube. The typical sound of a yep. hardcore punk guitar is uh, distorted and up front in your face. Yeah. These are these are clean and funky. And, and I think it's really back. cool. Yes. Yeah, um the the particular crop of hardcore that they uh, they emerged out of, I, you know, they're kind of contemporaries of like the Cro-Mags and uh, right. same area. What's uh, Roger Merritt's band? Uh Agnostic Front. Agnostic Front, yeah. Um, yeah. And some of that stuff, which I'd like, but basically all those bands came up because they saw the Bad Brains and were like kind of blown away. And none of them even really came close to matching, like chops-wise, like with the... Not that that mattered. Not the, yeah, yeah, not that that, like not that, that mattered. Yeah. yeah, or just like, you know, uh, 
just the the precision's not there. But it doesn't matter because they were, you know, again, I like that stuff a lot. And the main point is it's as intense as possible, you know. Um, and I think the Beastie, Beastie Boys probably were like, uh, you know, not that they gave up, but they were like, yeah, okay, like we can. There, there's a bit of a, a faster, louder arms race for a little bit. And I think at some point they kind of like bowed out of that and just yeah. decided to do something uh, yeah, and, and different. Wi- wisely so. Right? Yeah, they, yeah. Found, they found a voice. Right? Yep. right. Although it is kind of a shame that they don't try and do something on like that anywhere on this album because my main complaint with this album is all the songs kind of start to sound the same. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if they had thrown like some sort of hardcore punk song or well, something else in it, there. It's past the mic has the, the um, big takeover sample. So they... They sprinkle, you know, this is back to the music nerd thing. They they wear their hearts on their sleeves if you're nerdy enough to know that they just dropped yeah. a big hint about it, you know. If you know your history, like, there's there's kind of Easter eggs all, all over their entire musical catalog, and it's very deliberate, and, you know, it's, it's a nod, but nod to music that they like. It sounds like you're saying they're artists. I wouldn't go that far, Matt. <laughs> There's no art in rap. <laughs> These words are outliers at Twitter. Dot what oh, we no. Yeah. Follow you're, us on you're gonna Facebook get and Instagram. Because of, uh, of that. <laughs> yes, make hip-hop great again. Let's move on to the next track. The oddly titled Son of uh, yeah, Neckbone. Yeah, okay, what's your Twitter thing, Scott? <laughs> oh, I'm not on Twitter. Let's say that. Is a neck bone exactly? I mean, are they talking like a collarbone? And what's well, connected to the head bone? <laughs> oh, there you go. But it's son of neck bone. Son of neck bone. My 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 bones don't have children, thankfully. I think that that must be one of those those Easter eggs you were talking about. It's like we just haven't found it yet. Yeah, somebody knows what it means. Maybe it's just a childhood friend of theirs that they, or maybe it's about a pot of chicken soup. Ah, this is this is like a Jodorowsky movie or something. It all means something. Exactly. There's a there's a record sitting somewhere in a store that has the uh, that has an album or sorry, like a song name. There you go. Ties directly back into it. None of Secbone. (laughs) This song actually came from the Sure Shot single and not from one of the albums. So this was one of the more obscure tracks on the record, but still sounds pretty. So this this would have vocals over the top of it. I don't think so. I think yeah. this. I think there's only two songs on here that you had vocals originally in. Yeah. The rest of these are breaks. Is that yeah. uh, uh, Herbie Mann or something? The the Sure Shot uh, flute sample. I think they got into some hot water for, and maybe had to pay up or or sue some. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think yeah. that might have been one that of them, but been... I, I could be wrong. But I, if memory well, serves you know, me correctly, if, if you're doing well enough for people to see you, I, I suppose um, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Although, you know, the guy who wrote Bittersweet Symphony might argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about it, really. It's like a, 
Well, was it was that stolen? Well, it was a, yeah. a sample from a, a, a symphonic, song, yeah, right? symphonic yeah. version of a Stone song, and the, he it came out, and then there, he's like, "Well, yeah, it was. How much you want? I'm like, we'll take a hundred percent. Thank hey, you." On the <laughs> on the sampling thing, it was it was my uh, my buddy uh, uh, Bobby Sumner who pointed out, you know, around the time that this would have been coming out, that uh, he's a big fan of the Beastie Boys and of a lot of music and stuff, but he, he was the first one to point out that the Beastie Boys and, and Beck are very similar. Oh, uh, Bunny Mark plays for Beck as yeah, well. Like I there's, can see that, there's yeah. There's cross-pollination there, but in the same way that it's this kind of sampling and appreciation for all, all music. Um, yeah. And and kind of with goofy characters and shit yeah, too. Skinny, Back in, nerdy you know. guys <laughs> well, getting and, and, into you know, hip-hop. Please, forgive me for saying this, uh, also, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It sounds, you know, they're. This is the same time period. <laughs> the same time period. You're hearing that funky thing going on, and it's uh, it's it's right in that. It's right in that pocket. Yeah. Well, yeah. may the ghost of Trevor Dunn haunt you in your. <laughs> dream we just replace nightmares. Anthony Kiedis with an organ, and yeah, I hey, you right know, there. It's like I'm a. You know, the '90s were what the '90s were. So is this yeah. is this like the more clever shit from the late '80s, kind of escaping into the '90s a little bit more, you know, sharpened up, yeah, a little bit. Yes, you I know, think we're so. kind of yeah. this is an extension of, yeah. of, uh, uh, you know, wackier parts of of uh, Fishbone or. Uh, well, it's part of uh, the general reaction we were talking about too uh, uh, against the, the, um, the you know the. Um, Hair metal, right? The linoleum, uh, uh, you know, ethos yeah. of the '80s, right? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like, uh, it's like we want to get back to something real, and that's probably in what's. What do you know? You know the '70s, right? So you're you're heading back in that direction. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and, real sleaze. You yeah, know, it's yeah. not fake. Yeah, <laughs> 80s no more sleaze. cheesy synthesizers. No. We're gonna get a. Hammond B3 up in yeah, here. Yeah, it's like the grimiest sounding organ I, we could find. As a as a <laughs> primarily like you know, bass player or rhythm guitarist or rhythm section-y type of person, I I really appreciate that it's the drums, bass, and organ that are featured most prominently with the guitar, you know, being awesome and filling a really musical role, but it's not, everything is not turned with the hell down to make room for no, it's not, constant it's not, guitar wanking. It's not yeah. rock and roll. No, the, the guitar it's, it's is else. And, filling this spot of the maracas, essentially. It's just and, sort of a constant... Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, the this is a real... I, I enjoy this a lot because it's a real... Um, some of its parts kind of musical situation, mm-hmm. which, which I think is... Absolutely. Uh, um, more rare than it ought to be. Yeah, it's not a... a you know, as much as it's jamming, it's not really a lot of solos. You don't hear really any solos per se in this. I mean, there no, are, no, there no. are moments where you know you get a drum break or you know an a organ, bass organ line, fill or something. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, because but, it's the thing that it's it's how the band's playing as an yeah, ensemble all, that they're flexing, not right. how yeah. good any one person is. Yeah, like no that slowdown. Yeah, uh, come on, that that yeah. that collective slowdown. Yeah, uh, a that was tracks ago. That was better than most guitar solos yeah exactly try that shit foo fighters <laughs> yep <laughs> poor date for goal well shall we move on to uh in the threes this looks all right on his pile yeah, of he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> wah guitar <laughs> Thank you. 
the song called in the threes i kept hoping there was like a three, three. count or a three four that's what i expected or, too right yeah i don't know so. it, it, it's probably you know some sort of like it was gonna fall out of that funky groove and and be a waltz right <laughs> but, but it was not to be had no i always wanted to write a song that was just called five four and then have it in straight time and mess with people <laughs> you would yeah I, I, i'm bored <laughs> Well, like, what does it mean, 5-4? It means May the 4th. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's we'll a Star Wars thinking. reference. Cinco yeah. de Quatro. Cinco de Quatro. Well, shall we move on to the next better name? funk track? Oh, this one isn't funky. This is Eugene's Lament, featuring Eugene Gore on violin. there cool. so there yeah. there is a slight There's change some... you know if you're going to have an all instrumental album i think it's important to change up the instruments and so i was grateful for the violin on there even as as wonky as it got that was yes yeah, that was cool That's it was cool. refreshing and interesting yes in in uh not that the the others the others were not interesting it's that they were all very um similar in, yes interesting in the same way this right, was right. interesting yes. in a new way so and it's pretty uh, Eastern sounding, oh, yeah, I dig a it a little bit. Those, these guys are super playing into, into their Buddhism and stuff like that, and so, um, so to me, this is like, so there there are two types of like world music. Yeah. So there's like cheesy, you know, eighties. I'm getting uh, a massage. Simon. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Graceland. Yeah. Oh no, that uh, shit cooks. That's well, fine. good, but it's still <laughs> yeah, it's still but, cheesy eighties. Yeah. Then there's the other. Like like the good part of it, the, the, yeah. the more sincere, <laughs> right. less culturally appropriative, uh, <laughs> somewhat <laughs> problematic, right? White so savior music, and then there's a yeah, we're honest fans of this. And yeah, going to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's not you know necessarily diametric where it's either no. yes or no. There are it depends on how you use it. It's a spectrum, and some people are more on the um, you know. I think the, I think BC Boys do a pretty good job at being like, we love this. No, they we love this music, through. and this is our interpret. This is an ode to this stuff that yeah, we it like. Comes it's off not as like, far more yeah. sincere than some. It's, you know, it's, people, not, it's you know. not like check me out. We're fucking nailing this. I bought a sitar <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a cheater sitar. Well, yes. Strung like a I guitar. bought a sitar <laughs> pedal that yeah. makes my guitar sound. <laughs> Hey, I think I had one of those at one point. I, uh, it, again, you know, it's it's a spectrum how you use it. Yeah. So, but no, that that was a cool song. Um, I'm not sure why it's called a lament, but you know, I'm glad they gave Eugene his 
his proper credit in the titles. So. You gotta name these songs something. That's true. Where do these titles come from? I mean, when you have an instrumental, what do you decide Just, to call it? Where what did it? Eugene come from? I don't know. Do we know? His name is Eugene Gore, which doesn't really... I mean, maybe he was a... I'm. This is pure speculation. Maybe yes. he was just some guy in the studio, and they dragged him in there, and he's like, "I don't want to play on Beastie Boys album." There you and, go. Um, um, well, you what know. do you play? So, <laughs> so play some violin. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Much like Scarlett Rivera, you know, Bob Dylan was driving down the side of the road, saw her playing, didn't actually hear her, just thought she was cute, put her in the band. Scarlett O'Hara. Rivera. <laughs> I'm not sure Scarlett O'Hara was uh, in the band. Bobo on the corner? Bobo. slight change in the production too yeah like this, uh the drums have a little bit more room to breathe this f- sounds more like a, a modern song than the rest of the the album yeah i'd say we're getting like kind of bitches brew yeah throughout the rest where's the feedback coming from is that just another guitar yeah Could be. maybe they got metal machine music playing in the background <laughs> oh god <laughs> Stay tuned next week for <laughs> that was that was a I like that interlude. Yeah, yeah. It's a short it's one, good. but yeah, it's it's definitely the most modern and uh, the one that most sounds like a, a rap or hip hop track, right? Because it has uh, a lot of drive to it. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, the, the drums sound less, you know, perfect and Boom more pow. Yeah. yeah, more processed or whatever, more dirty ish. Yeah, yeah. 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 I do. I I really like on the earlier stuff that how like staxy it sounds and how dry everything. There's no, you know, there's no doubt that this was you know performed pretty much live. Um, yeah. You know, it reminds me of like. Uh, yeah, I admire that too. Something like uh, you know, uh, uh, I hate to keep bringing up ZZ Top, but like you know, Rio Grande Mud or something like that. That's just dry, dry, dry. And it's like there's no doubt that that's these guys playing in a in a room together, and they can yeah for oh, better yeah. or for worse they can do that shit for real. Um, and that's a, that's that's another band that the '80s tried to uh, uh, you know, you absorb know, plastic, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, well, you know, we we can give you some nice videos. <laughs> yeah, a lot like, of, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> a lot of this really worked for them because um, I don't know if you remember, but there's a big like alt rock crossover that they found themselves on in because uh well, that's true they were in yeah. like Lollapalooza and all yeah. that back in well even around you know i remember you know seeing ads for like 93 where they would have you know the yeah. radio station where they would have a beastie boys you know ad yeah yeah and that beastie boys and rage against the machine, machine. were as close yeah. to um hip-hop as they were going to let their rock station play and i wonder if the fact that you know they were playing music in their instruments, instruments yeah was what allowed them to be played on you know the alternative stations at the time 
Yeah, there's the, yeah, that you know, Dr. Dre was not going to get right. And there, there, there's like that good drive that a lot of their singles have too that would allow them to yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, they're flex catchy, into another station. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of, I mean, this was before the the whole scourge of you know rap rock really happened, but you know, you could almost sing accurate yeah. descriptor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A scourge it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it mostly went away, but um Well, you know, it blew up like a like a it was like a herpes out. You thought it was never gonna go away and then it just disappeared like yeah. Oh yeah. Like a yeah, like a herpes outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. There was a week that was really unpleasant and then we were okay. I just remember one of my buddies in college just tell him he's like, You couldn't tell me enough times how that uh this uh Lincoln Park record was just the future of music and Every, everything oh, yeah. everything was going to be this from now on. I was, and, and for a time, he was very right. Yeah, I was in <laughs> high was school at the time, was, so yes. yeah, there, it was. Yeah, it Fred was present, Durst was like for sure, you know, all over the place. Well, and and he was a pretty in, important uh, uh, tastemaker for a while as a as a record executive, oh, yeah, and yeah. pretty much the height yeah. of of uh, Interscope, right? Yeah, was, CDs yeah, he made a lot of calls for them. Yeah. yeah. So visit your local used CD store, and you can get some of these tracks for, you know, <laughs> oh, 25 so cents per album. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much of that stuff floating around out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be cool again in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Nothing well, ever goes away. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure there will be some detours and outliers and I, in the, the Godsmack catalog. <laughs> yeah. that we're, gonna, we're, yeah. we're in full, like, Nirvana grunge Retro. nostalgia now. Yeah. Uh, so, so, cur- this, currently, this is, so, so this is probably right around the corner. Coming up yeah. next. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, is a, it is, you know. This my kids are going to beg me to tell them again about the time I saw 311, you know. <laughs> it is unfortunate that people figured out how to detune their guitars and play with one finger. Um, well, I disagree. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know, it I was don't the style at the time, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't be so stuck up. Well, <laughs> well I don't know. There's the... Uh, What's drop drop D's a country tune in. There's other stuff you can do with it. Well, there's lots of stuff you can do r- with riff in a box. Yeah, but a but, but there's also there's didn't. also I can't really play. I'm gonna crank up the distortion and use one finger. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah, 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 that yeah. uh that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To but, each their own. <laughs> but then again, you know, it's like why not pick it up, play, go for it. Yeah. None of us is learning gonna how to play. Is just gonna <laughs> slow you down. We got. We got money to make and time to kill. So. None of us is going to live long enough to see the electric guitar be cool again. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Well, shall we move on to Shambhala now that we've depressed ourselves? Boy, yeah, right when I said that, I realized that was probably true. <laughs> <laughs> into the really interesting part of the album. Yes. And I, I wonder why they didn't, like, mix it up so you'd have, like, one regular, then one weird, and then one regular. But, you know, uh, it does sort gotta, of take a drive. You gotta slide into it. Your That's shit's kicking in why. now, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. This is actually the same song we've been listening to 
the whole time. <laughs> Actually, your headphones aren't even plugged in. Oh. <laughs> oh, there was something in that coffee. <laughs> so does that technically count as a an instrumental since there are people vocalizing on it, even if it's not really <laughs> words by any stretch? <laughs> I would recommend the the uh, documentary Genghis Blues if you have any interest in... Uh, the throat uh, singing. Tibetan, singing. Mongolian throat, Tuvan throat singing. Right? Yeah, yeah, That's Tuvan, the, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, you know, those guys. Um, they they live short lives. Apparently, what oh. they do um, affects their health. Oh, and, really? Yes. Huh. Well, yeah. I mean, if I were to vibrate you <laughs> yeah, <you're>, for <laughs> hours a day, you're. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it does. What what it is? It causes some heart. Problem or something that, yeah. that they they die young. Your oh. or, your organs probably just like Liquify. melt. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's like those those it's old metal. That's commitment to your art. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Those old gym machine equipments you see in like stock footage <laughs> with, with like the, the vibrating just... belt. <laughs> My grandma had one of those. We had an interview. We, I've used one of those a bunch. Did those yeah. ever actually work? Because no, I've they seen don't do any footage of them. But yeah. They make you all itchy. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, you got to wipe that stuff down. This song was technically credited to amongst the Beastie Boys and Bobo and Money Mark, the Tibetan organ, the Tibetan organization. So I'm assuming that's who's who's the, the throat singers. Throat singers are. Huh. Cool. Or maybe it's just their way of giving some royalties to some free Tibet organization. I don't know. Right. Right. right Probably. But yeah, I'm not quite sure how intertwined the uh, throat singing is with the funk playing that's going on behind it. It's hard to tell. It fits nicely. It's, 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 yeah, it's they're a not, good mashup. They're not it's a discordant. But yeah. yeah. But I well, mean, it's like, it's like it's another, in the same key. It's like grabbing a sample and throwing it in there. But, yeah. I don't think they, they know, were playing to it. A bit more it. organic, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, that's the same style, I think, right? You yeah. have this sound you like and you build a song around it. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I mean, again, I'm, I'm grateful for some new textures and instruments, even if that instrument is weird vocals, but... Cool. There's nothing more creative than the human voice. Maybe. <laughs> well, shall we move on to the next track? Lighten Up. This is the other one that had the vocals removed, although there weren't a lot of vocals. Just lighten up now, lighten up now, lighten up now. Lighten up. Don't tell me what to do. Shine like the sun. But yeah, it wasn't a very vocal heavy song, so I'm not quite sure another why break. they chose this one to take the vocals off of. I mean, honestly, they could have kept the vocals on and it still could have been an instrumental. Right. It's like Wika. Wika! <laughs> That's, That's cool, yeah. 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 
I just think it's amazing you can watermelon man record sounds <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. If if you haven't seen it, the uh, um, there's a video of uh, Miles Davis at uh, the Isle of Wight festival doing with the Bitches Brew Band, and I forget the percussionist guy's name, but he plays some. It's the Jimi Hendrix of the Guica. <laughs> And everyone on stage looks really confused, like the whole time. They're just staring over. They're like, what are we doing? (laughs) Well, this, yeah, this definitely falls into that world music spectrum more than a lot of the tracks here. Yeah. And it's got not just the Guica, Guica, or whatever it's called, (laughs) but yeah, just the, there's some cool sounds on that. Yeah. But yeah. it's still the same instrumental lineup, which is nice. What, uh, what album was that one on? Was that, uh, on? that was on Check Your Head. Check Your Head, okay. So yeah. that was the first of the two they... they Lighten up. Lighten up. Lighten up. Lighten up. Yeah. I think my, my bassoon case has a, a Check Your Head sticker on it that came with <laughs> with the CD when I bought it, because I think it was like the weekend, or the week that it came out, so I got a bunch of Check Your oh, Head wow. promotional yeah. crap with it. So. <laughs> Feed your head... Check, check, check it out, you know. It's no Tighten Up by Arthur Dell and the Drells. That's a good one. I have that on vinyl. Uh, that's a good song. Yeah. Red, red vinyl. Is it Dickie's theme? I thought it was Ricky's theme. I don't know if this is Ricky Ricardo or... Only his friends call it of like the first half of the album yeah Yeah. it's a a lower slower version of like the first three to five songs and what's going on with the bass there is that just a little it's upright yeah Yeah, he's sliding into each note there's the viper slap yay viper slap and there was no viper slap to speak of on songs from the elder so no which is a shame. Yeah, which I really, from that fanfare at the top, I was sure. We when they do the Broadway production of Songs from the Elder, they will oh, add it in. Vibra Slap Choir. Do a tribute. Yeah. I am just a boy. Dude. We did Tommy. We can do music from the We're Elder. We're going to do a dark music from the Elder performance. <laughs> I don't oh, man, if we could pull that off, that would be... <laughs> if we could do it without laughing. Really epic. <laughs> yeah. Like this one, he's, he's got the light in his eyes. All right, well, <laughs> go back and listen to that album again. I don't think people appreciated it enough. It's uh, it's pretty bonkers. I'm not sure. I mean, there would be stage elements we could incorporate, but we'd have to track down Gene and, and uh, you know, the game to figure out what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think we want to get them involved. I think Gene's a little litigious. He might not like this yeah. without his taste. Ah, yeah. Actually, if we if we let him know we were doing it, he would, he would stop it. Uh, cease and desist. Well, he, unless we paid him. Oh, yeah. We can't. We don't have any money. Gonna say. Wait, who's this? Sorry, Gene uh, Simmons. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, you guys did that weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the, album. The, okay. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, music, music from the elder. It yeah. comes up 
a oh. lot, actually. Uh, it, 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 I haven't heard that one. Is that for a good reason? Um, uh, yes and no. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not. It's not awful. It's just strange. It, well, and it and as we listen to it more, it really does sound like show tunes. That yeah. it should be a, a musical. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way from the. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> Oh. It's very, it's very, uh, you know. I just Gene couldn't, you know, settle on a dollar amount with the producers of Glee, so it just never went down. But One you know, it's it's ready yeah, for it is, something. It There's ready. so much fun stuff you could do with that one. It'd just be awesome. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Uh, transitions. Wait, isn't this whole thing <laughs> Pretty transitions? That's the one with Gary Sharon. We're gonna yeah, we're Gary gonna Sharon. get to that oh. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I heard a mashup the other day. Someone did um, you know, "Tainted Love" by uh, Soft, Soft Cell, Cell. Yeah. but they replaced all the hand claps with that chung chung one order. <laughs> Sometimes I feel I've got to chung chung get away. <laughs> it was pretty clever. I mean. Didn't fit perfectly, but I enjoyed myself watching that. So definitely, you know, we have this technology so you can do that sort of thing now. <laughs> that just, you know, with great power, you can just carry comes, it around with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, no amazingly no responsibility. irresponsible. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hundred percent behind that. By the way, that yeah, is exactly. Awesome. <laughs> well, do we want to check out the last track subgenre of music? Well, at this point, dunk, I dunk. think steamed hands is a whole subgenre. Oh, music. I love it. I know. Yeah. The first time I'm like, there can't be that many. And then I'm there's, like, oh, shoot. Man. There's hope yeah, there's for a humans whole, There's a whole Earth. subreddit. Oh, yeah. Of, there's uh, hundreds upon hundreds. So what do you think? Should we drink some wine? <laughs> yeah. Drinking. Yeah. No G. Drinking wine.
suddenly feel like I'm in a David Lynch film. <laughs> the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> Still have no idea what's happening. <laughs> this is, I think, an appropriate one to sort of end the end album it. on. Oh, yeah. Just, it sort of <laughs> sums up the whole album, which is, we can do all this. If they went much farther, it would, you know... I'd start to freak out, man. Well, it'd be hard to it put anything super psychedelic. Put anything yeah. on after this, too. I mean, imagine going from this song to just another funky jazz. No, you got to yeah. end where everything just kind of washes yeah, out. Like yeah, like tomorrow yeah. never knows or whatever. You just gotta. Okay, we can't top that. Goodbye. Well, and I, yeah. I really like that they sampled themselves. You get the Paul, the backwards eight oh eight. You know, Paul's boutique kind of yeah. sample. Um, in there almost is a, and it's, it's kind of neat that that's on the last song too, where it's like, Hey, we're going to, well, it's the first song. If you play it backwards, we're going to, we're going (laughs) to reference our, our, uh, you know, most famous thing. They're hit, but you know, not until the last song and not very directly. So you have to listen for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and the thing that they're presumably trying to live down a little bit with this album. So it's kind of a, a neat. They're saying we're, we're not, we're not, completely disavowing it we're just yeah. moving past it that's yeah. all yeah so, there you go. which i think is kind of the theme of the whole album is you know we can also do this yep when you're famous rock stars and you have a pile of money in your own studio you can do fun <laughs> stuff indeed and you know when your french fan club wants to put your fun stuff all together on one cd then just give it yeah. to them. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, you come up with a name that's sort of a play off another album. And Liberté, equality. Yeah. We. <laughs> well, so oh. do we think this would be a good place if you were a fan of... To start? Yeah. I don't know Beastie who the Boys hell... is one of... Yeah, BC Boys gonna... is one of those groups where, you know, it, they have so much... Well, for yeah. not that many records, they have so many entry points. Yeah. That, I mean, like, I got into them because my sister, you know, was a teenager in the 90s, yeah. so I was around a lot of this. Yeah, yeah, um, you will be force-fed some of right. that. Right. So. Yeah, so it's either that or, I don't know, uh, you have a cousin who was, you know, a frat dude back yeah. in the day, and all you hear is, all you grew up with is, like, Brass Monkey yeah. being blasted out of a back <laughs> then, of a car. Then this is, like, the White Album for <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, or if maybe you're, like, a stodgy old guy who's like, ah, oh, rappers, they don't play real music. You play this for them first. Yeah. Yeah. And then no, they're like, okay, maybe no, I will they, give there's no Boutique a chance. Folks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Blues Dads. Yeah, <laughs> they're out there, but, yeah, why bother yeah. convincing them of anything? They'll well, die they, off they, soon enough. Every genre has those, right? Yeah. yeah. There's no, always a, that's not metal. That's not country. Right. That's, that's not, not whatever. rockabilly. That's right, not... Right. That's not disco. Um, right, right. Not disco. Classical. No, if you if disco you purist. if you want to keep if you want to kind of catch no up with what like their where their instrumentation went from here, they did come out with another instrumental. I think in like '07 called the Mix Up. Yeah, yeah. That's that one's good. great as well. Yeah. Um, I, it, it baffles me to think of someone who has not encountered the Beastie Boys in some way they've been uh, pretty ubiquitous yeah. since like yeah, 91 or so culture. if not earlier but earlier i think this is really a nice uh way to um show off their musicality and kind of tie like different periods of what they've been up to together like this is nice you know and it's it's neat that they took a lot of either just the instrumental tracks off of albums or interstitial 
tracks and, and compiled them on this thing because they, they work well at that. They work well yeah. on the albums that they were taken from and in the context of their whole catalog, they still work pretty well. Well, yeah, I think it's a way that. to sort of showcase them when it when they're used as interstitials. People, I think, will just skip them or ignore them. But sort of forcing you to oh, listen to you got to sit down an old, and, you know, an old really interstitial it. album. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, makes you appreciate how much actual work and effort went into these. You know, yeah, otherwise, yeah. you know, little mints that you eat between meals right. or courses of your meal. Yeah, and just where they went from here was really cool too. Because I think. Um, a couple of years after this came out was Hello Nasty in like yeah. 98, 99. And um, like their, uh, like the diversity of music that they drew from and recreated uh, was just at its peak. I mean, there's such yeah. a good mix um, in that record. Yeah. And the production was kind of out of control too because they, they added um, Mixmaster Mike. Yeah. So they were pretty much feeding that guy just, all this, well, and all technology these had made. been yeah. making improvements slowly, yeah. so they had more tools at their disposal as you know time went on, which was nice. But there's still some on Hello Nasty. There's still some like real instruments and stuff too. Like, yeah. So yeah, where they ended up at was, hey, we can do everything, every, everything, everything. we've been into before. Yeah, yeah that on record. the same album or even in the same song or yeah, that that record is just like a perfect blend of everything they were working towards. Okay, so if yeah. you do like this album and you want more, that's the place to go but yeah i think a bunch of my high school buddies went to like prom in the the jumpsuit like neon jumpsuits oh, that's the and, best and break dance the... so check that out um <laughs> the, i'm sure there's youtube of that out there i mean like all their music videos were classics too i think is mainly yeah. there spike, are some bands that spike jones took the, the the music videos a little more seriously than others yeah I mean, yeah as much as i hate the foo fighters music they did take their videos very seriously and i appreciate that i mean tom petty did a good job with their videos and i think the beastie boys are sort of up there with those you know there's the whole dvd set oh that yeah it has all of them i think that was that came out around the same time as hello nasty it's an art form yeah yes. all its own oh yeah yes with a lot of garbage and a couple of classics. And, and who was it? MCA that was doing the oscilloscope labs. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, he there's a film production company that they got together to do. I mean, I think originally his short films and their music videos, but has also uh, produced and put out a lot of really cool indie films and things like that that are super duper cool. And I'm not sure what's going on. The MCA he died just a few years back, yeah, which is it's sad. 2012, I think. Um, yeah. But uh. uh I mean, the other two guys are kind of still around. And yeah, they did the book, and they're doing, doing like, a speaking tour. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're refusing to, you know, pretend to be the band anymore, which I appreciate. Yeah, but yeah. they're making sure Unlike, that their say, legacy <clears throat> is queen. sealed. Yeah. 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 Uh, MCA. MCA was, like, the guy in the group with the engineer brain. He Like, a lot yeah. of the DIY stuff that we were just listening to is because of him. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, when you've created the perfect storm, it, it's kind of hard to you know, create a lesser storm on your own. So, yeah. Well, I, I love this album. I, uh, I learned to, to play, you know, I played drums endlessly along with, with this or, you know, and, and, uh, um, check your head, no communication. So this is like special, special, you know, place in my heart for this one. Even, even though it's dorky white guys trying to play, (laughs) funky black music it was in know. earnest though that's yeah, it is yeah. it is in earnest yeah. and you can you can kind of feel that they 
they love this shit and they mean it, and that's that really makes sincerity it does you know can carry a whole lot of other flaws. So, I guess with that, um, we'll wrap it up for the week. Um, is there anything you want to plug, Darren? This will probably drop uh, April 9th, I think. So, uh, yeah, just check out Vampire Squids from Hell, and uh, I also play in a psych band called Secret Mormon. Oh, there you go. They're pretty cool. Sacred Mormon. Secret. 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 Yes, you don't want anyone to know you're a Mormon, so you yeah. have to have to yeah. bring in your old jewels. <laughs> and a That's why you're not supposed to wear the special underwear on top of your clothes. Ah, see. It's <laughs> a dead giveaway. <laughs> it's awkward, too. Stealth. Yeah. So you can look those up. You can Google them, follow them on Twitters and hashtags and all yeah, that Facebook. stuff. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And come to the Cabal Gallery on April 12th, 13th, 13th, yes. For the uh, a bicycle themed art show and uh Balonium and Gort versus Goomer performing. Shane. Uh and you know, if you Jane, don't live Jane, in Denver, uh, get your tickets soon because uh they're probably pretty expensive. That's just a couple of weeks away. Yes. Or start hitchhiking now. <laughs> start walking. <laughs> there you go. Uh I guess that'll wrap it up. This is Scott Livingston. Matthew Marr. Logan Renard. And uh tune in next week when we will try to figure out who this is. Yeah.